Hello there. This is Fort Wayne Mayor Tom Henry, and you're listening once again to the Mayor Tom Henry Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. Now, this is episode number 47, recorded on Monday, August the 17th, 2020, from Citizen Square in downtown Fort Wayne. Well, summer is officially nearing its end, and that means it's time for school to start up again, and many children, young adults, and teachers in Fort Wayne are getting prepared to go back to the classroom. Now, with COVID-19 still remaining a challenge in our community and across the world, school districts have had to come up with creative strategies to provide the safest and productive educational environment for our schools and our students. So for a detailed look at that today, Fort Wayne Community Schools are opening up for the 2021 school year. And I'm happy to welcome the new superintendent, Dr. Mark Daniel, to the program. Dr. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Mary Henry. It's a pleasure. Well, I'm certain that many of our students uh, and, our, and our citizens are now aware of who you are and uh, uh, that you are now taking Dr. Robinson's place as the superintendent of, of Fort Wayne Community Schools. And as you, were ta- you, you and I were talking off the air, Fort Wayne Community Schools is the biggest district uh, in the state, so you've got quite a bit of responsibility. But I'm sure that our listeners would also like to hear a little bit about you since, uh, you're, uh, since you're uh, from Fort Wayne and uh, you've spent a lot of your, your life here, your younger life, that's for sure. Right. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, not only uh, your experience as a, as a citizen of the city of Fort Wayne, but uh, what happened to you as you grew professionally? Well, thank you. Yes, uh, having graduated from Fort Wayne Northside, I attended Lakeside as well, so very much those formative years. and. You know, I still have some of my best friends are still the people that I graduated with. So I also have family in the community. Uh, my parents uh, moved back and retired in Fort Wayne. And my wife is also a, was born in Fort Wayne and grew up in Fort Wayne. So um, still have those connections and even have some siblings in the area. So very connected with Fort Wayne in regards to parents and friends. Uh, my career-wise uh, situation, um, I actually returned to Northside, and that was my first first teaching uh, position was at Northside, and I taught uh, math and business courses as well as coached just about every sport there was. <laughs> but uh, anyway, those were very formative years from the standpoint of what's my philosophy of teaching, uh, very collaborative type uh, approach, and also observing the leadership styles. At that time, it was Dan Howe, primarily, uh, but also Dr. Gardner was part of that, but also the influences of the math department and those leaders, uh, influences of uh, community leaders. You know, Fort Wayne's a very, should we say, a very dynamic place to be. Um, great opportunities for our youth, but also great opportunities for career-minded individuals, and certainly it's one of the most affordable places to live in all the country. So <laughs> it's actually very good to be back in Fort Wayne because of that reason as well. But uh, you know, I spent about eight years at Northside and then started an administrative career in um, East Allen County Schools, 
went out to Leo Junior Senior High School with a former Fort Wayne Community School person, Margaret Catter. And again, another wonderful mentor who really told me what it meant to be uh, student-centered, student-focused, and how you create a culture of learning, as well as a culture of how do you bring people to a building that will benefit all kids, i.e. volunteers and community members. So again, a marvelous experience. Uh, very proud of the years at, at Leo Junior Senior High School. We became a national model school with the Daggett Organization, International Center for Leadership and Education, as well as a national blue ribbon school. So it's pretty rare for public high schools to do those things, and we were the only public high school that year awarded that in the state of Indiana. So very proud of that. But then it became time after I received my doctorate, again, very fortunate to have superintendents such as uh, Dr. Jeff Abbott, uh, Dr. Kay Novotny, who really steered me into the position of, hey, Mark, you need to start thinking about what to do after a principalship. And I took a, a job in a small district in southwest Michigan and was there for about four years and um, then moved to a much larger district in central Illinois. And from there, um, you learn how to, first of all, be a superintendent, which I sort of cut my teeth on the smaller district and then went to a much larger district. And those were districts, I was part of a board of, of large unit district association. So those were districts such as Naperville and Barrington and some of the largest, again, the top 53 districts in the state of Illinois. They have a mere, uh, uh, a number of only 850 some districts in the state of Illinois <laughs> compared to our 100 and, 180 plus, I believe. So anyway, very different setting. <laughs> I but, guess was uh, during that time though you learn how to move from being very much hands-on to be very much as you as you would understand you have to be the CEO of the organization and because of that experience I think that afforded me the opening to interview uh, here in Fort Wayne Community Schools and as you know the board selected me and I couldn't have been uh, happier and overjoyed and even with the COVID phenomenon uh, very much welcome the opportunity to return to Fort Wayne. Now, where did you go to college? So I went to, um, I did spend a semester to, at Purdue and West Lafayette. Uh, now I grew up in Southern Indiana, about 20 miles south of IU. So I, it was hard to make that transition. <laughs> my parents then moved, yeah. my father's last position was in Toledo. So I moved to Toledo, I became uh, finished as a rocket. Mm -hmm. Then I did, uh, I'm actually sort of a strange animal. I actually have a bachelor's degree in business administration with okay. a marketing focus. So then I did that for a few years, returned to receive my teaching certification from Bowling Green State University, so a Falcon. Mm -hmm. And at that time, uh, did my master's here in Fort Wayne and my doctorate at ISU in education. Very nice. Uh, it, so you've been back to Fort Wayne now for a little while. What, uh, what's the biggest change you've seen? I, a lot of times when I interview people who have left for a while and have come back uh, after eight, 10 years of, of uh, absence, uh, I sometimes ask them, what's the biggest, what's the biggest change you've seen yeah. in Fort Wayne? So I can say, as I look here, even through your office here and your window, through, the, through the windows, downtown has continued to evolve. And I think that's key, no matter where I've been, um, especially in the Bloomington Normal area, and they were speaking of, how do you track millennials? Mm -hmm. Well, I think Fort Wayne struck it right on the head. I mean, you nailed it. 
Uh, it's about having livable housing downtown. It's about having uh, growth of restaurants and things for, for our millennials to do. Mm-hmm. I look at Promenade Park and I just scratch my head saying another wonderful, wonderful addition to downtown. So therefore, what I see is really continuation. That's, that's credit to your leadership. It's about the building of and continuously repurposing our downtown to meet the needs of our, of our growing population. And that's important. We're growing. Um, many communities are not. And, you know, I know we're a small city compared to the larger cities. Right. I spent, my kids are in Chicago right now, so that's quite the contrast. But still, there are still some large city amenities that we have but still a smaller city and that was the big, those are the biggest changes. But I'll also say this, we continuously have strong relationships and importance of public schools in our community. You know, yes, we're about 30,000 students strong, but it's about how do you connect with your, with your public schools to feed the economic engine. And that's very, that's, maybe that's one of the reasons the board hired me because I'm very much an advocate for that we are certainly a source to fill the pipelines of future employment with the needs of our businesses and organizations in the greater Fort Wayne area. That makes sense, and I'm very excited to be part of that. Well, that certainly is a, is a nice segue into my next question, and that has to do with the preparation for this academic year. I know all summer long, you and other administrators, uh, educators, Uh, Teachers in general all have been working very hard trying to put yourselves in a position to face this academic year uh, in the best way possible. Can you share some of the behind the scenes work that went into into this year? Yes, absolutely. I'd be glad to. The behind the scenes work is really focused on how can we prepare our teachers to be able to teach remotely and we started intensely doing that in in July, preparing for August uh, August thirteenth kickoff. Now, you understand that though teachers are constantly thinking of how best to deliver their content and instruction, but also still trying to figure out how to form relationships with their kids, and that is so new to us having this remote platform or virtual classroom platform that it was a brand new learning for every single person, whether you're a superintendent with 30 years experience or you're a teacher being their first year out of college, it didn't matter. It was all new for us. So a lot of planning on how can we bring best practices to our community. So we use some, yes, local resources, but we use some sources that were from from the Wallace Foundation, for instance. Mm. So some uh, deep learning, as we call it, and, and how do you create systems? Now, Dr. Robinson did a marvelous job on creating the systems. Now my goal is how do I implement based on those symptoms to provide, we scratched on it a little bit earlier, to provide what I'll call um, rigor and relevance in what we do. And the relevance comes from connecting with outside folks, bringing real world in the classroom. Well, how do you do that from a virtual standpoint? Well, it might be easier than what we think because you no longer have to travel or have the person travel to the site. Rather, 
we go to that person mm-hmm. or the person comes to us virtually. So we've really begun that process. Uh, so that planning of this whole, how do you have professional development around these themes, that took place for about a two month, two month process. But we knew we could not do what we did in the spring. And I don't care whether you're in, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, or you're in Chicago, I don't care where you are. We know that we couldn't just have a maintaining of learning. We had to have new learning. So that was a different, that was a different mindset. And as such, again, bringing in experts from not just locally, but not just from the United States, but also we had international people who were helping us with this thought pattern. My, um, and I, I want to say their influence has now made us reconsider what we do on a daily basis. I think virtual learning is probably going to be with us from now moving forward. A paradigm shift has happened. Really? And I think it's opened our eyes that we can do this. Now, we've only been in school two days. (laughs) This is our third day. (laughs) But I'll tell you, from just watching and seeing teachers in classrooms, how students, first of all, have been so, (laughs) they have been so cooperative and understanding of this is serious business Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. But I can't wait until this is gone and we can start thinking about, well, maybe three days we're in person and two days we're doing projects perhaps in our, with our hospitals mm-hmm. or with our architects or with whoever as we open these doors of opportunities for our kids. Why? Because those doors then lead to a network mm-hmm. where kids can say, I'm very interested in this Matter of fact, I may pursue whatever degree is necessary after mm-hmm. high school, mm-hmm. but I have a clear understanding now where I'm going. And even more important for businesses, they now have some talent that they can that they can mold, they can mentor, and perhaps retain. Because no matter where I've been as well, it's been about retention of talent. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a golden opportunity. But I call those, uh, you may have read some, I call those silver linings Mm -hmm. of the COVID scenario. There are silver linings that have happened. We would never have pushed ourselves to this point. But now we have, now let's embrace it, and let's see what opportunities avail themselves. You know, it's it's good to hear that our students have embraced this so well. I know that was a big concern uh, of all of the educators that I talked to, and that was whether or not the students would readily accept this new normal, right. uh, particularly those in secondary uh, grades, and whether or not they were going to rebel against this and, and fight right. uh, this, this change. Right. So it's good to hear that, uh, um, that, they're, that they're accepting this again and embracing it uh, because that can help uh, immensely. Yeah. So we're pretty unique because we have offered a we, offer, we, we try to offer our parents options and choices. So we said, hey, if you want to come every day as an elementary child, you can. If not, you can do a blended, or should I say a total remote. Right. So we had that for the elementary. And then for the secondary folks, we had to cut those buildings in half. So we said, you're going to have a group one, group two. Group one meets on one day, and group two meets on the second day in person. Mm-hmm. But you're still all connected every day. And walking the hallways, and I visited some middle schools and high schools last Thursday and Friday. Students, I, I didn't see one student without a mask on. They were practicing social distancing, which enabled us to do that in our right. secondary world, very much so. We're having a, we're, we started with about 30% of our 
uh, parents deciding to have remote learning only. Now we're up to 34%. We're able to distribute all the devices to our parents, so laptops, um, iPads or tablets, K through 12, which was a Herculean feat by our IT department, over 29,000 devices were distributed within about a week's time. So think of the logistics on that one. We then have the parents who need uh, hotspots because of Wi-Fi accessibility, had to have connectivity. It's the base of the technology. So we're we're still working on um, having additional devices ready for parents. But I'll say overall, I was extremely pleased. I was almost giddy, as a matter of fact, (laughs) how it how it happened Thursday and Friday. I know my colleagues probably had the same experience. It was that fear of the unknown we had to get right, through. Sure. But even though you, you see students, and I'd ask the kids, I, you know, I, I love going into classrooms. So why are you, are you excited about being here? And no matter what the class was in elementary, their first response, yes, we're excited because why? I'm here with my friends uh-huh. and I get to make new friends. The second one, and I know I, I was, I was saying, now, are you sure you said that? They said, <laughs> we're glad we're here because we want to learn. And I said, social, you know, that whole social emotional piece, huge. These kids have really felt this, as have our teachers and staff. But to hear that and hear their, the joy in their voices and the, and the glean in their eyes, and then also say, we're here to learn, wow. Now, I didn't get that in the high school necessarily, <laughs> but... I'll tell you, I think they were there to be with their friends, too. Well, you talked about, a few minutes ago, you talked about learning remotely may very well be here to stay. How is that going to affect the physical plant of a lot of our campuses? And not just for community schools, but college campuses and and other school environments. uh, Because you've still got the overhead. and you still got all of the space that you might not now be using because Correct. of the adjustments. I think as we look down the road five, ten years, as you look at plants and how do you do you update, do you not update, mm-hmm. what does the update look look like? Um, I'll just use the place from where, I, where I've, I've just come from. We were having some crowding issues in one of our high schools specifically. Do you really need to build? If you're able to have a blended learning mm-hmm. format, are you really? Uh, do you? If you had a group one and a group two meeting every day, you just cut the cut the population in half in that building. Now, do you still need the the plant? Yes. Could it be maybe um, shrunk a bit, perhaps? But you still are going to need all the co-curricular, um, should we say, playing fields and mm-hmm. gyms and that, because as I mentioned earlier. And Dan Howell told me this one. Mark, you know, kids really, 90% of the kids want to come here because of the socialization. socialization. <laughs> they want to be there for the co-curricular activities. That, to me, is the whole student, the, the entire student that you're embracing. But there might be a change in the physical yeah. plant because, as I've just explained, you may not need quite the square footage. I, I, I'm thinking that's particularly true at, at the collegiate level. You know, primary grades, secondary grades, to me, socialization is a huge uh, part of the maturation process. Right. But once you get into the collegiate level, although it's still 
very important and yep. you've got your sports and you've got your fraternities and sororities and all of yes. that. A lot of students anymore, especially in Fort Wayne, are commuter students. So it's not yep. so much the socialization factor anymore. So I was wondering uh, how it would, would really uh, affect the collegiate level more than anybody else. So I have talked to some of the, of the presidents. Uh, ISU is uh, the largest education school mm -hmm. in the state of Illinois and had a very uh, fond relationship with the president there. And his comment was, we are definitely going to have to look at our overhead, the costs associated with that overhead, sure. and how are we going to respond to, for instance, the dorms. If you can imagine, as you're trying to figure out the whole COVID and distancing and so forth, what are your dorms going to look mm -hmm. like? And um, that was primarily a residential uh, university. So he was scratching his head and trying to think what that, I think it's probably going to impact even more so other public universities mm -hmm. that don't have a strong enrollment. Yeah, and quite frankly, as I talk to my uh, post-secondary colleagues, they know that market's shrinking. Mm -hmm. There are less and less of those students, so therefore this is just really putting uh, fuel on the fire. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few years. Yes. Uh, there's no question about that. Yes. Well, Dr. Finally, if anyone, students, parents, teachers, if any of them have any questions about the protocol at Fort Wayne Community Schools during this pandemic, is there a website or, or a phone number that uh, they can call to ask uh, any questions? Yes, there is. Thank you for asking. So we do have a hotline. It's 467-1907. Or there's a, you can message us at Let's Talk! Explanation Point. You can get that on our website, and we try to address those questions within 24 hours. Uh, again, looking for those parents who have some fears and questions, or even our own teachers. We try to channel them through Let's Talk, uh, and Krista Stockman, as well as Jen, who's our communication folks, they try to answer those very, very quickly. So thank you for asking. Well, Doctor, thank you. Uh, this has been a tremendous discussion today. It really has been one of our better ones, that's, that's for sure. But unfortunately, uh, we are out of time today. Uh, and I want to wish you and your team and the thousands of teachers and students and staff a happy, healthy, uh, safe school year. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today as well. It's another great day in the city of Fort Wayne. Let's keep our momentum going. This is Mayor Tom Henry, and we'll see you next time.